Hey everyone, welcome to another action-packed episode of ARG Presents. He's the Cadillac, John Bud of Car Schaller, and I'm the dinosaur, Amigo Aaron. And this week, we're going to be discussing arcade games. Boat, what do you think about arcades? I think arcades are pretty good, and I especially <laughs> love discussing them with our third guest this week, John Marshall. And there he is. Hi, guys. Let's jump right into this week's game. All right, I, I think I'll lead, the, uh, lead off the uh, proceedings this week with my choice, which was uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, what a weird choice out of all the video games to choose from. Uh, and I chose this one, I don't know how much press this one's ever gotten, but uh, it's one that me and my son have played over and over and over, and I've got a pretty intimate knowledge of it after all the years of playing it, and so I thought, man, this is going to be a good one, maybe I can turn some people on to it. So, um, this was released, a lot of places say this came out in, in, in 92, but the best I could tell it came out in April of 1993. It's a Capcom... Uh, Production. They they produced it. They they also developed it, uh, and it was a uh, it was on a weird like system board. If you know anything about Capcoms, they had a CPS system board one, two, three, and 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 they would and that was basically like a arcade console. They would release a bunch of games for one. They'd release a bunch of games for two. This one was somewhere between one and two. This particular system board that this came out on. There wasn't a lot of games released for it. Uh, it's a beat-em-up game in, in the vein of a, of a, of a final fight. Uh, one to three players. And, uh, again, this one was a, uh, uh, a jam aboard if you're in the arcade scene. It's a horizontal game. It means that you, it, the screen is turned like a normal television. So, in this game, you play one of uh, four explorers, or basically heroes, that are going to thwart a bad guy who is basically using dinosaurs to create a genetic dinosaur-human hybrid. <laughs> All right? Makes sense, right? I mean, it could happen. Uh, the, uh, the, the guys you get to play in this, you've got, uh, you've got uh, basically three guys and a chick. Uh, you've got the girl is called Hannah. Uh, have you? And now I'm assuming you went through and played this a little bit. Do, yeah, do absolutely. you have? Do you have a favorite character of the bunch? I like Mustafa. See, <laughs> I'm the same way. That's the guy I always play. So here's a rundown of who you've got who are your choices, and these these characters are split into um, like even powered. Some people are more special, are hit harder. Some are quicker. Some have more life. Right. So your your first guy is Jack. Tenric, uh, then you've got Hannah Dundee, the lady of the bunch. She's a she's a tough broad, no doubt. Then you've got Mustafa Cairo. Oh yeah, that's my boy too. That's funny that that, that you would pick the same guy. Uh, and then lastly, if I can turn this page here, you've got Mass O Brad Brad Bradovic. Mass. Wow. You know he's a stud <laughs> if he's named Mass. He's the muscle guy. So, what do you do in this game? Well, it's a combination of I guess it, it, there's city fighting and there's jungle fighting and forest fighting, right? And then some building stuff. So you're one of these characters. It's your classic beat-em-up. You run through the levels and you try to beat up everyone you see. Um, the uh, amount of moves you can do is pretty impressive. It's got what you would expect from a, from a say, second or third generation Final Fight clone, which is effectively what it is. You can do a dash attack where you double, you know, hit your joystick twice and run and do an attack. You can do punches, you can do kicks, you can do grabs, slams, 
defensive tactics. I mean, you, you've got a lot of options, uh, and uh, they're they're pretty satisfying. I mean, I think it feels it feels like it's a pretty. I don't get bored with the options. I guess is what I'm saying. Then you've got a, a special attack where you uh, will do uh, certain maneuvers, spinning kicks or whatnot. That's supposed to basically, really, it's a defensive maneuver to get people off of because you will get swarmed in this game by the the variety of bad guys in it. Um, the uh, uh, there are only two buttons in this: attack and jump. And then if you hit both buttons, you do your special attack. So it's pretty again pretty standard fare. If you're familiar with the Capcom beat 'em up system, you've got your uh, you've got your life bar in the upper left hand corner or the upper right hand corner of the center, depending on who you're playing. And then underneath it, you'll see a life bar for your for your enemy. And the and you'll as you beat the crap out of them, the life bar will go down. Sometimes it's yellow, which means that they're almost dead. Sometimes it's multicolors, and you have to take that life bar down over and over and over to kill them. Um, the game starts off. Basically, with your character being jumped on this rooftop, to, and by, by these bad guys, they're like, "Listen, we're going to finish you off. You know, you've gotten into our plans for the last time." And they basically gang attack you. Of course, your guy or girl beats the crap out of them, goes down to the building, and that's pretty much where the adventure starts. Uh, the game is unique in several ways. Um, the dinosaur aspect of it really adds a lot, and I'll get into the whole Cadillacs and Dino dinosaurs universe. And yes, there is one uh, later on. But basically, <clears throat> most of these games you're fighting, just fighting guys. You know, fat guys, thin guys, guys with weapons, blah, blah, blah. In this game, you're fighting guys, and you're also occasionally will have to fight and tangle with dinosaurs. Uh, and the funny thing about it is, this game doesn't treat the dinosaurs like bad guys. They're sort of like... Uh, subjugated or they're almost like uh, uh, they're not pets they're just like slaves basically these poor things are beaten down the bad guys in this uh, are treated that's was like crap uh, there's one scene I believe it's the second boss and he's called the butcher and when you come upon him he's just he's got these two huge cleavers he's just hacking this dinosaur up but he doesn't give a crap he cusses you out you know and then one time the one of the bosses the dinosaur just they just sick him on you because they've beat the crap of the stuff. They beat him to get him mad. Then they sick him on you like a guard dog. It's very weird. It's a weird, you know, I'm guessing you picked up on it. Have you played this game before today? No, before? no. I, had you I, heard of it? I, no, I'd never, actually I had heard of it, but I never played it. I didn't even know that it was uh, a beat-em-up before, before this past week. Right. Um, I did think that the it was a lot cooler than I thought it would be because of that. I figured you'd just be beaten up on dinosaurs the whole game, and, right? You know, but the way that they the way that they frame it, where the dinosaurs you're trying to actually save the dinosaurs, you know, they're being subjected to all these genetic experiments and things like that. So the dinosaurs are not the bad guys at all. It's very strange, uh, but it's neat. It's refreshing in a lot of ways. Uh, this game, if you've played Capcom's Aliens versus Predators, uh, like uh, beat them up. I don't know if you. Either one of you guys have played that one. This game has a lot in common with that in some ways. Graphically, it's a beautiful game. They really do an excellent job rendering these characters. Beautiful, colorful game. I, I think the uh, the uh, fights in the jungle are really add some flavor to it. There's some like jungle villages. There's a village you go into that's on that's like catches on fire. That's really neat. Uh, there's at the end. There's these crazy labs you're going through that are really bizarre. They've done a good job making them look real. Like what happens if a crazy genius is experimenting with DNA? You get mutants and weird crap in tubes and stuff. That's really bizarre. Um, there are several sections, too few, 
in my opinion, where you're actually walking through water and even fighting in water. And they're really well done. They're really cool looking. They even have, if someone drops an item, you can even see it under the water. There's sort of this shadow in the water that you could pick it up, which I thought was really neat. Um, the bad guy in this is called Vice. <laughs> He's a big, uh, crazy, uh, killer bad guy. That's like a doctor guy at the end. I don't want to give away the ending of this because, I mean, it really is worth going through. Did you get to go through the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, I played through the whole thing. Um, the, uh, uh, the ending of it is neat, but the, the gimmick with the guy experimenting on these dinosaurs... Uh, and humans to make hybrid creatures, it climaxes in a very interesting way. But before you get to the end of it, you'll end up fighting some of these guys that have these kind of hybrid DNA uh, precursors to what ends up happening at the end. And they're, it, it, turned, it mutates in this real weird way. Uh, uh, not you, but the guys you're fighting. And you have to sort of fight the same bunch of guys over and over. It's, but it's, it works. It works pretty well. Uh, the, there are some... Um, there are some scenes in between the fights where you're in your Cadillac and you're basically <laughs> mowing suckers down. You're, it, there, there's a level where you just literally you're going back to your lab and you're mowing down bad guys in your Cadillac and there are guys behind you on like motorbikes they are shooting like missiles at you and so it's slowly wearing down your Cadillac. If you go long enough you can get there but usually you end up having, your Cadillac blows up and you have to fight your way the rest of the way. They remind me of the scenes in Alien vs. Predator where you're on top of the truck and you're shooting the, your guns off of them if you played that. Uh, it, it, it moves lightning quick. I mean, there's uh, the board really was a performer in the graphics department. I mean, the action is hot and heavy in this, and uh, they get a ton of stuff on the screen without any... I mean, I didn't notice any sort of slowdown or, or weirdness, you know, in, in, the, in, in the way they... in the proceedings. So... You could pick up a ton of crazy stuff in this. One of the weird things about this game, and again, a, a throwback to Alien vs. Predator, and way more in this than, say, Final Fight. Again, this is a, an, uh, a, you know not as old. Uh, but they had refined their technique in this. And they had a bunch of crazy stuff you could pick up. I, I wrote down some of the nutty stuff. And this stuff's just health recovery stuff. They had cough. And, and the fact that you find this stuff in the jungle or in water, I, I found amusing. But you could get coffee, croissants, uh, cakes, Sundays, potatoes. There's a lot of really, it's a lot of junk food. It know? is. <laughs> you know, and you, and the thing is, these people are all buff killers, so surely they would never eat this stuff. Hot dogs, pizza, lobster. Sure, <laughs> why not? Lobster uh, in there. Now, one of the things that adds a little spice to it is the weapons you can pick up. Now, let me talk a little bit about Okay, this, go ahead. Okay. This game does guns better than any other uh, beat-em-up I've ever played. The first time I picked up a gun and I was fire, I was like, man, this feels great. Uh, I love the fact that you know you you keep it around and um, you can pick up ammo for it. But the, the, it has I, it's hard to even explain why I like it so much. It's very well animated. There's sort of a recoil when you yeah. fire. Um, I just love the way this this game does weapons. The one thing about this game, the weapons in it, a lot of the weapons are like caveman. I mean, you've got a rock you can pick up and. Th- You've got um, you've got a rock, just a stick you can whack a dude with. You've got clubs. You've also got dynamite. I never mess with any of that stuff. Yeah. I always just picked up the guns. Well, I mean, if they're <laughs> hey, you pick up what you see. There's grenades. There's knives. And again, the grenades are, are neat. The dynamite. I love stuff like that where yeah. you just whack a dude with that. You've got knives, torches. 
when you fight the butcher, again, we mentioned him whacking that dinosaur. He carries these two mean looking, like, I don't know, scimitars yeah, like or, something. or something. And yeah, and, and he, and he, he'll whack you with, but he, when you hit him, he'll drop one or both mm -hmm. of them. And you can get him and start whacking That's him. That's right. That's it's very right. satisfying to finish this guy off with one of these, because he's a real scumbag. One thing about this as well is the bad guys in this, you really want to kill them because they are they come across like jerks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these are real there's scumbags. A, they give you a lot of incentive to uh, want to hate these guys. Yeah, yeah. But um, the weapons, I mean, there are tons of different guns. There are, there are shotguns, there are Uzis, there's bazookas. Anytime you get killed and you have another man, he'll come down out of the sky and bazooka shots come down and, and kind of clear the path. So it kind of gives you a little bit of... And the of thing clearing. that I like about it too is that the enemies are dumb, and they will align themselves directly with you as they as they come across the field to you. So if you've got a gun, you don't have to worry about shooting behind them or in front of them. You're gonna you're gonna hit them most of the time. And also something else I like about this is the guys they can hurt each other and they can get hurt, and the obstacles can hurt them. I hate games where the guys are are indestructible. They just walk you know through. What, one you of know? my favorite things about this game is is the way the guys run in, especially these big bruiser guys. They run in like linebackers with their shoulders yeah, down. Yeah, they'll put their know? shoulders down. <laughs> Uh, this game has a pretty good amount of, of, of actual bad guys in it. It's not the best, but, I mean, it's more than most in terms of the variety of right. guys. Especially, one thing I like is they add different guys as you go on, so you don't have to fight, like, I mean, the fat guys a thousand times, although you do fight those guys. They show up a lot. There's eight bosses in the game, which is a, it's a goodly amount of, of, of bosses that have to fight. Uh, the game is, uh, uh, like I said, it spans a lot of different areas, which is it's just fun. And there's you'll go across rivers, and you like I said, there's uh, jungles and whatnot. So uh, overall, the uh, as and, and if you look at the evolution of the Final Fight engine, which I mean, that's what this is effectively, mm -hmm. right? Uh, this is near the top uh, of of the peak. I would put this. I like this more than Alien vs Predator. But they're very similar, and they're very close. It's really sort of what you have an affinity for. Um, a lot of people compare these to the Konami fighting, uh, you know, uh, beat 'em ups like your uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, your uh, uh, Cowboys of Moot Mesa, uh, X Men, stuff like that. I think they, I, I think those games are good. They're very good. Uh, I think these are on par. I mean, they're really both pretty nice. Uh, it really depends on what you like, but I think you can sort of get away with both. I sort of really put one ahead of the other. The sound in this is good. The bad guys will talk to you. They'll they shout stuff. There's really good uh, music going on and stuff. So uh, uh, that you know, and it changes up when something tense happens. There's also a timer. We should mention that if you take too long, you 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 basically you lose that round. Uh, you only get two men to start, at least on default, which I don't like that. <laughs> This game you need, and I will say this thing was built to take quarters. That's right, that's why it was made. And at the end of this game, it will take all your money <laughs> because it is brutal. So, did you know, Boat, that this is actually based on a comic strip? No, it was. There was a a comic strip published by Dark Horse called uh, Xenozoic Tales. That rolls off the tongue, mm. uh, and it was also later sort of relabeled as Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Uh, it came out in, in February of 87, and it ran until October of, of 96. Uh, and uh, it was a uh, created by a fellow and, and written by a guy named Mark Schultz. Now, I've never read the comics. That's and, surprising. Yeah. I, I, well, it's, I, I, I didn't read a lot of Dark Horse. Plus, that's about when I was not in the comics, right? Uh, well, that's not true. But it's, it's, I knew of it. Let's put it that way. 
And, but at the time, it didn't appeal to me that much. I, I mean, I knew I would just be, I didn't pick up a lot of stuff. Um, the, uh, also, this was a short-lived animated series, which I did not know that, on Fox. Uh, this ran for a season. I think it was like 14 episodes. Now, I've not watched him, but I might let the kid watch him because he likes the game an awful lot. It reminds me an awful lot of the Konami Cowboys of Moo Mesa, if you have ever played that one, in that it was a uh, it was a wacky idea for a fighting game that was based on a short-lived show. I mean, if you think about the properties that both Konami and uh, Capcom bought here, uh, Cowboys of Moo Mesa, have you ever heard of that aside from the game? Did you know that was a cartoon? Yeah, I remember that cartoon more really? just because of the name. Yeah, and like, I never would have never guessed. You know, I knew, I figured it was based on something, but I didn't know what, you know. And the same with this one, like, uh, you know, it's just, it's sort of obscure. It's funny, well, I guess they took a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we're going to see if this pans out and, and, and we'll see what happens. And uh, apparently they still occasionally will do something with this. There was also a console, like, I don't, don't want to say sequel, but there was a console game that was based on the same property, Cowboys, or Cowboys, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. I've not played it, uh, but uh, um, I, I read that it was not a, it wasn't in the beat-em-up style. Uh, it was a uh, something else. Uh, but, uh, you know, overall, as far as these games go, this is one of our favorites. It's certainly one of my kids' favorites. We, my kid gradually went, we started with Golden Axe, Altered Beast, then we, would, then we played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and we slowly went up the scale of complexity, and this is where we ended up eventually. We got through this one. That was the first time I'd really sat down and played it. I kind of I dug it. So, overall, your thoughts? Um, this is one of the best-looking, um, really, arcade games you know uh, that, that I've ever played. Everything is very well animated. I thought the backgrounds really came alive. Um, I think that everything moves really smoothly, and there's not a lot of slowdown. There's not a lot of flicker. Um, the engine, like you talked about, I actually prefer this to the the Konami engine. I think that this really? is a better put together game than, say, The Simpsons or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I realize those games have their fans, but I wonder how much of that is tied to the licenses. Um, I think that this game. Uh, it, it held my attention all the way through. I never felt like I was just, you know, banging my way through another level. Um, it does get, like you said, incredibly hard towards the end of the game, but it's supposed to because it's supposed to take your quarters. That didn't bother me. I just pushed select and hit start. And yeah. So, um, this is perfect for the home. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the one downside, the one aspect of this game that I didn't think was great was that they really sell the Cadillacs part of the title short. That seemed to be like just one tiny, tiny, tiny part of the game. Yeah, you're right. And I, I will say one other thing that I, that I don't enjoy as a father, as, a, as, a, as just a schmuck, I don't mind, but as a father uh, playing this with a kid, there's a couple parts of this that are pretty violent, particularly the butcher part where he's butchering that thing. I know we keep talking about that, but it's very memorable. It happens pretty early in the game. They, I mean, they do some pretty heinous stuff to these dinosaurs, and some of the stuff in the labs kind of yeah. sketchy for a kid. Uh, there's a, there's one great scene I should I hate to not it's really two uh, really amusing things they do with the dinosaur idea. There's one scene where there's like a T Rex asleep, and as you walk past him, you see the little sleep Z's coming out, and the bad guys will come up and try to punch him because mm-hmm. they want to wake him up. And if you crash them and destroy them before they get to it, you can tiptoe past the thing without waking them up. Right. Which I thought that was I thought that was a funny. And another thing I like there's a scene where you walk under this, well, I guess it's like a brontosaurus or something. And all you see are his feet. And there's a shadow from where his foot... He's trying to stomp on you. 
And, and he also stomped on the bad guys. And you've got to sort of maneuver out of the way of these feet as they come stomping out. I thought that was pretty clever, too. Yeah, yeah. So there's, it's not just going around and beating stuff up. They're actually using some pretty clever gimmicks in it. I loved it. I loved it. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Have you played this one before, John? No, but it's really neat. Have you ever heard the comic? I'm watching it here, no. Well, I, I would give it a shot. I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's a fun one. So that's Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. If you're into beat-em-ups, uh, throw some coinage on this thing and, and give it a whirl. By the way, FYI, I've never saw this in the arcade. So I, I'm guessing you didn't either. This is the, boy, you know, I, I went through and, and found a picture of the cab for um, for the purposes of this show. Yeah. The cab is one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. It's painted like sort of a sky blue. There is no side art. And this is the official cab. I mean, there's multiple pictures of this thing. Yeah. Um, the with with the marquee on top, but there's no control panel overlay. You could tell that we were reaching the end of the arcades and they were just kind of, you know, putting these things out the door to try and get money. Well, I will say this: the cabinets were less elaborate. I mean, if you think about stuff like tr the Tron cabinets, or yeah. like, or even space or like, invaders, uh, or something. Uh, like that. I mean, space invaders are 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 or, or uh, even stuff like asteroids. I mean, where they really had they tried their best to put like mirrors and they, they did everything they, they could. They, they made cabinets were a work of art in the early '80s, and by the time we get to the early '90s, they just were a commodity. I can't deny that. Yeah. I can't deny that. So, but what do you got for us this week? All right, this week we're actually going to talk about four different games. <laughs> Buckle up. So uh, our the 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 game the sort of the center of this is Do Run Run. Um, but before we get to Do Run Run, I'd like to take you through the entire Mr. Do franchise. And so we'll start with the original Mr. Do. Uh, and uh, Mr. Do was released in 1982 by Universal. And uh, Universal was a Japanese development house that uh, released over, how many, how many games would you estimate um, Universal released? 12? See, I thought the same thing. They released over 50 games. Really? Yeah. Well, no, I would never have guessed that. Now, many. they released these games in sort of the, um, the dark period of arcade games in the late 70s when there were still a lot of black and white games that nobody collects and nobody really knows anything about. And so... Um, but they uh, they released over 50 titles, the most famous in the U.S. being Space Panic, Ladybug, and the Mr. Do series. Um, they also released a Laserdisc game. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, I did. What was it? I, I, that seems like I didn't know that. Super Don Quixote. Yeah, yeah, I've played Super Don Quixote on Daphne. It's interesting. Okay, it's I have not played it. Yeah. I have not played it, but I thought that was interesting. So they went out of business in 85. The, the reason is not really given. Um, but their assets were bought by a company called ElectroCoin, and they continued to make updated versions of their arcade games. So you can play a Mr. Do that's got the ElectroCoin on it that might have bug fixes or graphical you know, changes, things like that. And they went out in 85, in huh? 85. So they were short-lived, really, uh, the, in the arcade From scene. what I can tell, their downfall came from Laserdisc titles. It seems like they invested a whole bunch of money into what they call the universal Laserdisc system, where they were going to start pumping out one title a month or something like that. And when the Laserdisc fad sort of petered out, they were left holding the bag. That's a bummer. Yeah. What a way to go, eh? after all yeah. those good arcade games. So uh, the original Mr. Do game, uh, in all of Mr. Do games, Mr. Do, who is he? He's a clown. Um, he's a clown, and uh, what you do is you burrow through a sort of a garden environment. Uh, you collect cherries uh, while avoiding enemies. 
Um, it's played on a single screen, top-down, Pac-Man style view. Uh, this game is very similar to Dig Dug. If you combine sort of Dig Dug with uh, Pac-Man, uh, you, you get you get kind of kind of what Mr. Do is all about. However, uh, Mr. Do has a unique offensive weapon. He has the ball, the magical ball. And when you throw the ball, it travels through all of the paths that you've created or that your enemies have created in the level. And so you can actually, and it won't stop until it either comes back to you or hits an enemy. So it can go around and around and around, which can be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, the ball. Um, if you hit an enemy, you have to wait for a little bit, and then the ball will just magically reappear in Mr. Do's hands. It's magic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's also apples on the play field. So this is sort of a, um, what's the game with the rocks? Boulder Dash. It's got a Boulder Dash element to it where if you go underneath a rock, or if you go underneath an apple, the apple will fall down behind you. And you can also use that to either create a block to the path so your enemies can't get through it as easily, or you can crush your enemies using the apples. Um, a hallmark of the Mr. Do series in uh, most of the Universal games is the ability to get an extra life by spelling the word extra. Uh, in Mr. Do, the extra letters take the form of moving enemies that appear when you eat the cake that's in the middle of each level. So just like in Ladybug, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, once all the monsters sort of vacate the center area, you're left behind with this piece of cake. You get a goodie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so if you, if you eat that cake, then the action stops on the play field and uh, a letter that's a personification of a monster letter walks out with his guardians. There's three or four guys that come out before him. And uh, if you destroy the letter monster, then you've uh, gotten that letter to spell out extra. And his buddies all turn to apples. That's right, that's right. Now you can destroy the baddies one by one, but that doesn't get you anything. But if you if you destroy the letter baddie, then all the other guys, just like Aaron said, turn to apples. And hopefully they crush a whole bunch of monsters and a, a good time's had by all. So how do you complete a stage in Mr. Do? All you have to do is collect all the cherries or defeat all the monsters. And it's and it's the level's over. Or there's one more way. What's the other one? Oh, well, you're going to talk about the diamond? Mm. I'm going to talk about the diamond later on. So, um... That is Mr. Do. Uh, Aaron, what are your what are your thoughts about the Mr. Do game? The original Mr. Do I'll, is one of my favorite arcade games. And if you told me back when it came out that it'd be my, I'd be like, nah. I, I was like, you, you said, oh, this is a Dig Dug ripoff or whatever. And it, on the servers, it looks like a Dig Dug ripoff. But really, it's not anything like Dig Dug, except that you smashed up a Dig Through Dirt. It is so... The, it's so abstract in a weird way. Uh, it is way more than the sum. Of, it's the sum of its parts plus. I mean, is there it's a little Pac-Man the in there? Parts. Yes. Is there a little Dig Dug in there? Yes. Is there a little Boulder Dash in there? Yes. But I mean, there, it is really its own. It, it, it borrows all the best things from games and makes them into something that's great. Mm -hmm. Um I fell in love with this title when I had the MAME cabinet. I mean, we would have high-score battles, and at one point I was a, a pretty decent hand. But I noticed a lot of these old games, you really lose it quick when you don't play them for a while. And I, I went back and played this one, uh, which I still play it on and off. But, you know, boy, if you don't play it a lot, you lo I'll lose it. And, and I didn't have as good of games as I used to. But, man, it's a lot of fun. It can be frustrating. Uh, it can If you're a newcomer, you can easily give up. I mean, this is not an easy game. Uh, the magic ball is a lot like the in the uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs using your ultra weapon. You really want to use it defensively because it's such a crappy weapon. Mm -hmm. It just goes randomly off somewhere. So unless you have a straight shot, you don't want to just throw that thing and launch it 
because you're you'd be boned. Right. Uh, but I love it. I love this game. I love the quirkiness of it. I like the crazy uh, intermission screens. I like the uh, uh, I like the the art. I like the the color scheme. I just like everything about it. It's just a beautiful, perfect game. Just one of my all-time favorites. Awesome. I got nothing bad awesome. to say about it. I discovered this game on a disc full of copied software on the Atari, on the Atari computer. Um, you know how when you'd get a copied disc, sometimes you would see they would make sort of a custom loading screen where it said press one to play this game, press yeah. two to play this game. Well, I was just randomly going through discs, and I discovered that if you go in through DOS, Sometimes there were games that were on there that weren't on the custom loading screen, and this was one of those games. So I typed in MrDude.exe and hit return, and I was like, wow, this game looks awesome. <laughs> and, um, and the Atari 8-bit version is a pretty faithful port. It's one of the better, the better ports of this game. This game also had a release on the Super Nintendo, oddly enough. Uh, it's a very strange thing how this appeared on the Super Nintendo. It's the only Mr. Do game to appear on uh, on the Super Nintendo. Um, and there was a version for the Neo Geo called Neo Mr. Do, which is an affront to God and man, and I won't say anything well, else about it. Well, it's not that it's, bad. It's now, stop me if I'm wrong here, Boatster, but I believe on the on the Super Nintendo version, you can have two players, simultaneous play. Really? Yeah. Okay, I have not played the Super Nintendo version with two players before. I think so. you can. I think it's the only version that, I mean, I don't know, Neo Do might do it as well. Neo Do's unusual like rethinking, reimagining yeah, of it. It's no good. Um, John, have you played Mr. Do at all? I didn't even know about the series until you guys covered it. Really? Oh, okay. Oh, well, you, that, you need to, um, we just give you a gift, John. You need to look into it. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next game in the Do series. This is Mr. Do's Castle. So, Mr. Do's Castle arrived. Um, Actually, I didn't write anything about Mr. Dew's Castle because I remember that you were going to talk well, about it. Well, I will talk about Mr. Dew's Castle. Now, I'll have to say much... 83. Of, it arrived in 83, this, a year this after game, you know, the Mr. Dew's Castle is totally different than Mr. Dew in almost every way. But it re- it's it gets away with murder because it retains what made Mr. Dew fun. You've got the crazy little clown, uh, and you and you basically... In this, in this one, you go... You go around and you try to uh, whack these blocks out of out of various platforms, right? And when you and some of the blocks are cherries and some of them are keys. And when you whack all the keys, uh, a door at the top of the screen opens up. You can get basically it's like a power pill, effectively, and it turns every monster that's up on the screen into a letter. And you can go as quick as you can, try to bonk as many as you can, or drop stuff on them. But in this one, effectively, the, to to end the level, you have to destroy all the monsters, or, or get all the cherries, which you never do because it, this game is a lot harder to get around. This game has even a steeper learning curve than Mr. Do. It is a very difficult game, and for the uninitiated, it's almost impossible. Which it, it baffles me that this got released. I mean, in all honesty, I mean this. As far as these sorts of games go, this is near the top of the heap. Real, I mean, really, all the Mr. Do games are like this in a lot of ways. It's it's an abstract game. One of the methods to get around in this, there are these little staircases, and if you bump them once you get to the top, they will they will t- they will basically tilt to the other plat another platform beside you, and it's a good way to get bad guys off your butt. There are also platforms that have these uh, blocks in it that are, have skulls on them, and if you hit one skull. Hit all the cherries between the one skull and the other skull and get monsters caught in it. When you hit the other skull, all the monsters will fall down the next level and die. 
Uh, and this is a basic, um, this is a very basic explanation of the game because there are nuances and stuff, much like Mr. Do the word for point getting. If you knock a monster down through more than one block, you get extra points. You can knock them down through two, three blocks. If you uh, get a bunch of monsters at once, you get points. So there are a lot of aspects to it uh, that that are, are that are tough to explain and even tougher to master. But it's a great game. Another game we found, me and my buddy Chad uh, went through a phase where we were just trying new games. And we had never wanted to play this because it was so hard. So we were trying to one-up each other on this hard game. And, <laughs> and we became addicted to it. And I still play it to this day. It's a great game, but very challenging. What, what do you think about it, Bo? This one is the odd one out for me. I don't count Mr. Dew's Castle because, or not Mr. Dew's Wild Ride, because that one is so much different, you know. But I do consider this to be part of the the Mr. Dew canon. But it is it is not the same game at all as Mr. Dew or Dew Run Run. Um, this game reminds me a lot of Burger Time. Uh, because you're constantly climbing ladders, moving to different platforms, and trying to knock enemies down. It's also hard like Burger Time. Uh, this game is not one that you can... Mr. Do, it's immediately apparent what you need to do. You need to collect the cherries. In this game, you really don't know what to do at the beginning. You got this hammer and you can hit things, but there's no clear goal. And you're thinking, well, there's a couple keys. Maybe if I go up and, and, and knock all, you know, destroy all the keys, I can go through that door and go to the next level. Nope, that's not how it works. I watched you play this on the on the stream, and I, ch I cackled with the light yeah. as you were trying to escape, because there is no escape right. from Mr. Deuce Castle, right. in, in except through obliteration of the enemy. Now, um, that said... I can understand how this game can be a very rewarding experience to those who take the time to really learn it. Yes. Which I, I guess most difficult arcade games are like that. But, I mean, if you want a real... And another one, much like the original Do, this is a very abstract game. And how you play it is going to vary between the two the various people that play the game. Uh, it's not like a lock and chase. It could be. It could be like that, or a ladybug. It could be a lot like those if you want it to be. It depends on how you want to want to play it. If you just want to go through and get all the cherries, that's an angle you can play. If you want to go through and kill the monsters as quick as you can, that's another angle. In this one, if you get if you could spell out extra by hitting that power pill that's in the uh, doors and then whacking guys when they you know, let, turn the letters. Some people go that route. I, I try to keep a lot of the monsters alive and have them group at the top. And so when I hit that, I can go whack them real quick. Is that the best strategy? I don't know. But, it, but I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, different ways to play it. And the clown looks good. The monsters are cute. Uh, this is sort of like the, the monsters in this are the cutest, the bunch, I think, uh, of, of all the Doo games. This sort of reminds me almost of like a... Uh, of a Liquid Kids or a Bubble Bubble Bobble, they're, they're cute monster games, you know. As opposed to the, they look a lot meaner in, in the in, in the first game than they do in this one. Uh, the big chompy guys in the first one are scary. So, and it's worth noting that this game in other regions was actually called Mister Do versus Unicorns. Which I don't, yeah, but there are well, unicorns they, in this. Yeah, I mean the monsters all have that horn. Yeah, That's it's. What they uh, are. I like Mister Do's Castle though as the name personally, and but I I, I do I can see what. It's not for everyone. It's right. not, but I mean, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I originally was going to set up my marquees here in the front of the table. Yeah, and uh, but I didn't. So, um, <laughs> sets a separate video. You yeah. have all the marquees out. Well, I was going to put the because I've got the castle and wild ride right there. But you can, uh, if you look to your look beside Aaron on the video, you can see them hanging out there over by the uh, the fireplace. All right, moving on. So we, we turn now to 1984, a very good year. 
And uh, this is it's time for Mr. Dew's next adventure, Mr. Dew's Wild Ride. Now, this is a very um, a very bizarre title because in a Super Mario Brothers 2-like turn, uh, Mr. Dew's Wild Ride was not originally a Mr. Dew game. Was, really? Yeah, it was, okay. a game, it was a game called Go Go Coaster. It had nothing to do with Mr. Dew. It was a different, different guy that in it. explains a lot, Boat. Yeah. But they decided, hey, we need a game. We need a new Dew game. And so they, they put Mr. Dew in it. This game is, is much different than the first two. Um, in that you are, you start at the bottom of each screen. Um, you don't have to collect any cherries if you don't want to. Uh, you're basically just trying to make it to the top of a roller coaster. Um, in your way, there are cars that are in your way. Uh, there's a, a roller coaster that's actually in operation that you must avoid. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are balls. There's spheres that sort of go back and forth in an odd way. What, what are they? Why are they on the coaster yeah, boat? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, in later levels, there's a pirate ship that floats in midair that, that that impedes your progress. So this is a very very strange game. Um, now. Um, the way that you spell extra, because there really aren't any enemies to defeat in this game, is that it's just all a time bonus thing. So if you get there really soon, you're going to be spelling E, if not X, and go on down the line. So this game is really, really strange. It's a pretty game. I like the way it looks, but this is definitely the weak link in the Mr. Do chain for me. I, I have never completed the second level, and I've only completed the first level a couple times. It's very infuriating because it's a waiting game. Um, this is a big reason why I don't like Donkey Kong because it's it's very similar except instead of barrels coming down that you've got to wait you've got to climb up a ladder and wait for them to go under you now you're waiting for the roller coaster the thing that makes this even worse than Donkey Kong is that you don't have a jump so you've got to locate a ladder and go up the ladder and wait around um, you can depress the button and gain a speed boost and that that is a small help but overall this is um this is this is not my favorite Mr. Do game in fact this is my least favorite what do you think about this one Aaron until you told me what we were doing here this week i had given this a passing glance at best because i never knew exactly what in the hell was going on it is a chaotic uh crazy game uh that said i did spend some time this week trying to get to know this game that you when you tell me it's not a mr dude game it makes sense because in Mr. Dude games, there's a way to be offensive. In this game, you're pretty much just avoiding everything. The speed boost is and doesn't do much. Um, it took me forever just to figure out what to do. I didn't want to read anything. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And you're right, getting to the top of the coaster, but the coaster is is, is in this weird twist. And it's, so I didn't know. What, I was like, how do it's, you get, get up the it's hill? It's sort of here? like an MC Escher. It is very Escher-like. <laughs> And so when I got to the top, I literally stood up and cheered. I was so happy to get there. And then I ended up playing, uh, I got a couple levels in. So you actually beat one of the levels that had the pirate ship on it. I Yes. Wow. One time. And uh, it's really a hard game, too. And the fact that you can't jump and you have no... You have no ball. You can't jump. You've got no hand. We're watching the playthrough right now. We're on a stage now that I have never oh, seen. Oh yeah, this I, is I, scene five. This is crazy. You yeah. got these. You got these horses. So I guess you're going through a circus. It's kind of got a little circus Charlie vibe to it. Um, but yeah, I cannot imagine being able to play this thing without hours and hours of practice. Yeah, it, I will say, telling me that there's not a do connection. This is the most undo like of all the games. And by the way, they're unlike the other games where. I bet they strapped the extra on to this one, number one. And number two, 
Um, in the other games, there are various methods of playing. That's what is the hallmark of the series. This one, you, as, unless it's above me, all you're doing is avoiding. That's right. It's like, I mean, it, I, I don't know if I'd, it would insult Donkey Kong by comparing the two, but I can see where you're coming from. Well, you're, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because this game was cloned for the Commodore 64 and the ZX Spectrum as Kong Strikes Back. Well, some of the levels... As I'm looking at them, because I mean, I, I never got any of these places. They, if you've gotten to the the uh, uh, what is it, the fourth level of Donkey Kong Junior, where you're avoiding this stuff that's these sparks that are coming down and uh, these uh, platforms, it's sort of I can sort of see a similarity there. Uh, but uh, man, this game is—I I don't know how this did in the arcade, but I'm guessing it was a El, El Flopo Grande. Yeah, and these games are notable because I think aside from the original Mr. Do. All of the sequels were only available as conversion kits, and uh, and that was sort of a new thing at this time. You know, there weren't a whole lot of, of sequels coming out. You know, and it, it was a money saving measure. These all of these games predate JAMA, uh, so they are there. There are lots of Mr. Do to JAMA adapters available on yep. eBay. Um, but uh, conversion kits were quite popular before they before they adopted a standard. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it, you could use those same cabinets over and over, and the games would people would get bored of them and put a new one in cheap. Right, uh, right. Um, and now we move to the final game in the Do series. This is Do Run Run. Um, Do Run Run was Mr. Do's second game of 1984. There's not too many arcade titles that where you have two come out in one <laughs> Maybe year. Maybe when they license the first one, they're like, well, let's go ahead and write another one right. and have it standing by. Right. Uh, and I, I'd say that this is the truest sequel to the original. This one shares the most aspects of of the game of the game of the original Mr. Do of any of the four. Um, so in this game, uh, Mr. Do, you're running around uh, various. I would I call them pseudo 3D environments, and that there are raised levels and lower levels. Right. And you're collecting dots. You're avoiding or destroying bad guys. Um, and uh, this, you know, when you think about it, just from that standpoint, it seems like a Pac-Man clone. You run around, you eat dots, you avoid the bad guys. But um, there are several aspects of this that, that make it different. One, the maze, there's no maze. It's entirely an open field. Uh, you can go anywhere on the screen. Uh, two, this game incorporates aspects of kicks. Where you know in kicks you're trying to make squares that are worth points. When well, this, uh, as you as you travel and you collect these dots, you leave behind a white line, sort of like if you've ever lined a football field, you got this thing <laughs> and you're leaving behind a white line. And so if you completely encircle uh, some dots with that with that white or with that white square, then um, they will change point value and also change form. They'll turn into various types of fruit. So that's that's cool. That's a way that you can jack up your score. Uh, you've still got the ball. The way the ball works in this game is that it travels in a straight line from wherever you wherever you shoot it, and it will bounce when it reaches the end of the screen. It will bounce back like a wrestler running the ropes. It'll keep going back and forth, and the more times that it bounces back and forth on the screen before it hits an enemy, the more points it's worth when it mm, finally does. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so that's a, that that is one of the best ways to run up a really high score. Um, so. Um, that's the, another another thing that's different. I think in the original Mr. Do, there was a set time when your ball reappeared. In this game, your ball will slowly start to emerge from the amount of dots or fruit that you collect. And you can actually see it slowly forming in your hands as you collect more and more dots or fruit. Um, the way that you complete a level is you can either collect all of the dots or fruit in the level, and that will end the level, or you can destroy all the enemies. 
There's one other aspect of this game where they, instead of apples in the, as in the first game, in this game you actually have rolling logs that are set up and they've got a little stopper. Once you run underneath the log, the, the, the log will roll down and destroy any enemies or yourself if you manage to find yourself trapped under there. Um, spelling extra is very similar to the first game, but you have more control over what letter you want. Uh, every once in a while, uh, and this is dependent on the type of fruit, you know, how many squares you make around things, you'll get a flashing um, cursor on the, on the field that will spell either E-X-T-R or A. If you run over that, that triggers the monster coming down from the top, very similar to the first game, and uh, you can destroy it to collect the, uh, the, the letter. Just like the first game, but this, this game actually, I, I prefer it, you get a little cutscene where um, you know all the extra letters run into a house and then your extra Mr. Do runs out of the other side of the house. It's a really, I think it's, it's really cool. So um, that, is, uh, that is really the game in a nutshell. However, uh, one aspect that I didn't mention in the first game that's also made an appearance in this game is that once in a very, very, very long time, depending on your dip switch settings, uh, you will get a diamond. A diamond will appear on the play field. And if you collect this diamond, uh, it's worth 10,000 points and you are immediately transported to the next level. This has probably happened to me maybe four or five times in the entire, in the countless games I've played of these games. I've never had it happen to me in this. Uh, I've had it happen in Mr. Do many times. Uh, in fact, when I set the high score on our machine back in the day, it was because I'd gotten a diamond. Mm. Chad was furious at that. <laughs> I laughed. Um, <clears throat> you're right. This game has a lot more in common with the first game than any of the other games uh, do. Uh, that said, uh, I, I'm also like the first game, this is a real abstract. You can go and just kill stuff. You can try to farm that fruit with the, uh, with the line, you know, the kicks line you've got coming out. This game has elements of kicks. It has elements of Mr. Doing. It, has, it sort of reminds me an awful lot of uh, Crystal Castles, where the elements of collecting all the dots, like in Crystal Castles in a 3D uh, environment, uh, except this is controllable, unlike, unlike uh, Crystal Castles, which I can never control that because of the trackball. Um, this game is not my favorite. Uh, Mr. Do, and I, I prefer Mr. Do and uh, uh, Mr. Castle more, but. Uh, this is much like the first one, and it's still a good game. And the more I play it, the more I enjoy it. Uh, it's it's a tough game as well. I mean, it's a um, you're basically like you said, you're out in an expanse. There are monsters, and they just are going to come get you. You've got to you got to go, and you got to. This is a tough one to try to understand your the the method of play. You know, really the 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 if it was just going around and collecting the dots. This game wouldn't know, we wouldn't care about it anymore. But the aspect of making the rings around the dots and upgrading the, you know, basically effectively growing them to something else, it adds a lot to it. Uh, the monsters are fun. The I love extra. I like, you know, I love everything about that. The music's wacky uh, in it, uh, um, which I like. Uh, it fits. It fits it. Uh, the ball thing I didn't know about, but that's cool. I didn't know about the at the point multiplier. That's pretty neat. Uh, fun game. You know, uh, it's and really, I, with with the exception of uh, Mr. Dude's Wild Ride, all the Dew games have their pluses and minuses, mm-hmm. and I think this one is uh, right up there. And again, it's one, another game where you have to sit down and tell yourself, "I'm going to play this game for an hour, or whatever," and just sit there and get killed over and over until you understand the concepts behind how things move. The, the trying to understand the concept of how to lasso those dots 
is tricky. Yeah. I mean, it's that's the hardest thing for me is to understand how am I gonna how am I gonna get these points? If you don't go for points and just try to survive, you've got a better chance, uh, probably. But sometimes, like the lines, whether you want them or not, you got them. And sometimes stuff will up like appear on them and mm-hmm. slink out and hit you real quick. And so you've got to be prepared for that. So tricky. It's a tricky game. It's, to me, this is probably the second hardest of the of the four. Uh, behind uh, Mystery's Wild Ride. I mean, it's a tough game. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is my favorite arcade game of all time, so, um, you know, I obviously love it. Uh, there are things about it that I don't... Uh, the things that I like are that it's got a tremendous amount of variety in how you want to play it. You know, you can you can make... You know, I've tried to get all pineapples, which is you've got to encircle everything like six times to finally upgrade it to the highest level. And, you know, it's it, the key to getting a high score is a combination of being mindful of your squares and always trying to upgrade that while destroying the monsters because the longer you stay on a level, the faster the monsters get and they'll eventually catch up yes, to you. Yes, and the monsters are, they'll come after you. They're, st- they're not just out there milling around. Yeah, they're very aggressive. Yeah. Um, so I looked up uh, this, uh, a couple of these on eBay. Um, I looked at um, Mr. Dew. You know, it's really, really difficult to find a Mr. Do original in an original Universal cab. The Universal cabs are very distinctive. They're very cool looking. Um, and I couldn't find any that had recently come up. Um, I did find a conversion cab that somebody had up for 895 bucks, which I think is crazy. And I don't think it's going to sell, but people, you know, you never know with the arcade scene. Um, I did find some PCBs. You can get a Mr. Do's Castle PCB for around 70 bucks. Um, you can get uh, Mr. Dew's Wild Ride, one sold uh, conversion kit. The whole kit sold for under 150 bucks. It was a best offer accepted deal. And then uh, Mr. Dew's Wild Ride Machine, which was a conversion, uh, that sold for only 200 bucks. So I should mention, since I didn't go into the eBay aspect of mine, there's a reason why uh, the uh, Capcom board that Cadillacs and Dinosaurs came on uh, had the patented Capcom Suicide battery on it and what that basically means is after that battery runs out a a small portion of the date on the board is is erased and the board is useless now if this was death until a few years ago where someone figured out a way around it but it's the board worth is real hard to judge and 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 i I just saw prices that were so far over the map you know and and when you're buying these boards it really helps to be hands-on because you're going to want to see what you're getting you could get screwed very easily on one of these Capcom boards with the suicide battery issue. So yeah. that's one where you really want to do a lot of... It's not for the, a, a newcomer getting into arcade collecting, that's for sure. Right. Um, so it's time for the high score challenge. All right, I've got to make sure I've got the right score. So tell me your score so I can know okay, exactly so what I'm looking at here. My score for Cadillacs and Dinosaurs was 243,400. Okay, let me beam back here on the Gambletron. All the way back. Here it is. My score was two. Hundred and forty-five thousand six hundred. Oh, wow, very close. Yes, and what'd you close. say yours was? Two forty-three four hundred. Oh, that is a tragedy. Yeah. Let me guess. You got to the butcher. I did. I did. <laughs> the butcher is a butcher. He's a real scumbag. Okay, do run run score. All right, what you got? Now I limited myself to only playing this a couple times because okay. I didn't want to totally destroy you. Oh, great. 149,500. You totally destroyed me. Oh. 27,800. Oh I've, I've, I've scored over 300,000 on this game. Yeah, you mashed me on But, that. like I said, it's my favorite game. Hey, They're no matter how games, close or so. far away the score is where we both won one, that's, that's the important right. thing. That's right. <laughs> All right, Aaron, it's time for the Retro Roulette. 
Jones. Should we let our guests spin it this week? Well, no, because there's a special way I've got to do it. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding, John. Ah! Good thing I drank all that. Hey, I was. it was never a concern that that wouldn't be empty. You would have broken the golden rule. John, you might want to de-mic. You spin this thing, really give it a really give it a good spin. What do we add this week, Boat? So we've added um oh I don't even know. <laughs> we've got the BBC micro on here, we got the Apple II, and uh, again we have those three chat choice spaces. So, so chat. chat, get ready. Uh, there's a Super Nintendo, BBC Micro, Odyssey 2, Vectrex. Amstrad CPC, Apple II, and ZX Spectrum. What? If it shows up on the, is the chat choice, you all will do a quick poll in the chat and you can tell us what you want. It's crazy. There's some crazy choices on there. All right. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. There it is. I can't see it, so you have to tell me what we got. And it is chat choice. Uh-oh. Chat choice. It's the first time chat choices came up, so you, the chat room, will get to pick a system from amongst the ones on the wheel. I will grab the envelopes of certain doom. All right, the winner is, thanks to Paul, Van Ross, and Pixels at Dawn, they all voted for the ZX Spectrum. All right, I've got the, I, I anticipated this. I've got the envelope for the ZX Spectrum right here in my hand, and we're gonna see what we got. And I honestly don't remember what I picked on here, do you? All right, so both, here's yours. All right, and I think your turn to pick first this week. All right, we will be playing School Days. Okay, and I'm going to pick, let's see here. I'm just going to go in the order that I wrote these down, and I have no idea, by the way, what this game is, so don't mock me. I'm picking Death Chase. All right, Death <laughs> Chase and School Days, it is. <laughs> Death Chase, that's my kind of game. You ever play Death Chase, dude? All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, ARG Presents is released every Wednesday, um, and uh, we do record live on YouTube, so make sure and check us out live if you can. I want to thank Pixels at Dawn, UK Retro Gamer, Duncan Styles, Jonas Rulo, uh, Steve Rasmussen, uh, Dan Ross, Paul Harrington, Pixels at Dawn, Duncan Styles, anybody else? Eric Sundstrom that I missed. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, and uh, Aaron, you want to take us home? Uh, we should, while we're here, mention that if you'd like to support us on Patreon, we'd be more than happy to accept your uh, Patreon donation. Uh, but what's our Patreon address? Patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. And we've got various uh, levels in there, including uh, one that gets you on our Discord chat, which is outstanding. We enjoy that every week, don't we, Boat? We sure do. Um, and uh, I guess that's all we've got. Anything to add, John? Thanks for coming in and setting in. And uh, I guess until next week, adios. Aaron and John making a new podcast.